How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going today, Dave? It's going good. That's How good. are you? I'm doing pretty swell. Are you swollen? Or are you <laughs> swole? I am neither of those things, actually. Thankfully. Post-vaccine, no uh, excess swelling. I don't think swelling is usually a side effect anyways, but I don't have that. But I'm also not... Um, particularly athletic so i wouldn't say i'm swole either but hey i mean vaccine's pretty good yeah it's uh i've got what like two two weeks beyond here and then like straight up inoculated against death yeah and then it's just podcasting in person all the time mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> dave's gonna move it <laughs> put him in the closet <laughs> jake's like i never want to travel to your place again <laughs> We'll do it outside, like that podcast, podcast, but outside. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's a it's a YouTube series. Hmm. I'm sure they have like just an audio version as well. But yeah, they'll have stuff and then people who walk by, they'll give them a dollar to be on the podcast. That's actually funny. Uh, no, it's a it's a great novel idea. Yeah. I was just as soon as you mentioned podcast outside, I was thinking like background audio because we're going to be approaching like summer you're going to have like birds things like that i think it would be interesting kind of novel because like part of the defining aspect i think of like good audio design and podcasts is often that like there is no background audio or very little right so like i turned off my fan prior to this because i was a little concerned about audio we have these condenser mics we're in these like enclosed spaces mm-hmm. um we're trying to isolate it to make it sound as close to NPR as we can. And outside is the opposite of that. You can't have like sound padding in nature <laughs> really to the same extent. You're going to get birds and cars. and. Well, I'm guessing that you would just kind of dampen everything mm-hmm. so that the kind of direct audio input would take priority. Yeah. But I, I feel like overall you're just kind of shooting down my other podcast idea, which is podcast, but it's actually a Jewish delicatessen. Ah, okay. And there's I mean, just like lots of customers, lots of people sitting down and eating, <laughs> catching up. Again, probably Jews. Mm-hmm. But you also hear like the people work in the background. You hear the clanging of dishes. And it's just a very <laughs> social and loud environment. <laughs> just like constant background Yiddish <laughs> going on. You're just like, that would be good. Ooh, good I, like, I like the deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm trying i'm like all right again i have to have jokes right but i like you killed christ <laughs> hey, Jake, whoa that's a it's a little much for the podcast one job not killing the messiah i wonder what the uh theological implications of that would have been given that like you know in christianity jesus needed to die for people's sins, if people are just like, why would we kill you? Like, no, you seem like a pretty nice guy. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> You're just like, uh... <laughs> it's almost like, um, you know, like safe scumming, taking this back to video games. Uh-huh. You, 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 you know, <laughs> did you just, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm following with you. I'm... Oh, okay. I thought you said no. I was like, do I have to describe safe scumming? It's just like, but, um, you come up to like to an NPC you don't like, and you're like, you know what? Quick save. <laughs> then you just like murder them outright, and then you reload. It's the opposite of that, <laughs> where <laughs> you uh, accidentally don't get killed, don't have something terrible happen, and you're like, wait, <laughs> I was supposed to save mankind. <laughs> <laughs> 
Huh. I I think it's good though that I I had like a, a brief tangent of like religion, but I'm actually I'm gonna turn it into a more laid back joke. It's sure. good that Jesus died because otherwise Simon's story arc in uh, Lord of the Flies would have been much less interesting. Ooh, yeah. The allegory allegories would have been way weaker throughout history. What's Simon? He's hanging on the other side of the island. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of doing his own shit, just woodworking on uh, palm trees. The lion from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe would have just been an allegory for a lion. <laughs> <laughs> significantly less i'm imagining like uh i like don't quote the old text to me i was there when it's written just rephrased to the mgm (laughs) 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 oh man uh i we should explore this more so if uh jesus didn't didn't die as a part of that lore (laughs) that's that's the next episode i guess we've got like video games video games news about video games occasionally a personal topic and then just bam (laughs) the alt history religion (laughs) be so good oh man that's that's what our listeners really want i think you're gonna be as old as methuselah the the good who the infant death guy no let's not (laughs) no (laughs) oh man what are we talking about today by the way i i Uh, clinically just never check notes and don't plan with you so that's fair i know you're lying because you actually wrote like 90 percent of the notes but that's okay for the sake of maintaining uh verisimilitude it's a fun word um uh hidden role games and asymmetrical gameplay so an example of this would be like if you're just running around on earth as some guy and then there was a savior who's like having a very different experience that's asymmetrical gameplay you're playing different roles in this in the story i I was wondering where it was going and uh, (laughs) i'm still wondering where it's going (laughs) that's it it fell right into the mariana's trench (laughs) yeah i feel like anybody's gut reaction for what are those is going to be pretty simple examples like among us mm-hmm. where in the case of more of a, well, I guess it fits for both hidden role being if you're an imposter, other people don't know, but also the asymmetrical pieces are you have abilities and things you can do that other people can't. It would be way less interesting if the uh, crewmates in among us could sneak up on the imposter and just like snap his neck. <laughs> I think that uh, if you could just randomly kill people in Among Us, it would get really... The rounds would get really short, really fast. Yeah. 95% of rounds into the cafeteria for some reason. I I like how your brain went there, and my brain went to... Oh, so the imposters can only still do like tasks. Oh, right. <laughs> like, it was me. I was doing tasks all along. They're like, ah, oh, that, was, that was good. He's freaking doing his job. So with Among Us, I know we played with people quite a while back and we haven't really touched it since. Yeah. What all do you remember about it? Everything. Okay. Well, let's go. <laughs> no. Uh, so I would be surprised if most of our listeners don't have like a top level understanding of Among Us at this point, just because it was so absolutely popular. It was really the launch of the resurgence of um, asymmetrical games, I think. Um, and very, very, very popular and social media, streamers, everything like that. And it's part of the nature of that is it's pick up and play short round mode. You load in, 
you got um, crewmates, which are people trying to accomplish tasks to win the game. You have imposters, a variable number of them. You have some game settings you can change. And the imposters want to kill all the crewmates. And that's the that's the setup for it, right? Like everything spreads out from that. Um, yeah, I think the simplicity kind of, really helps it. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, easy to get into type thing. Obviously, much harder to master being a good imposter. Yeah, because usually, like if you start out with a group of people who haven't played for the first time, they're like, "What's this button do?" And then they kill somebody in cold blood, and then the third party has to say, um, Dave killed that person. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know what I'm doing. This guy's trying to frame me. And then we eject Steve because he, <laughs> he blamed me and nobody knows how to coordinate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the survivor's goal is to kind of work together, get tasks done, but also rule out the imposters from killing them off, which is usually right. by who has good alibi, who do I trust? And there's different back and forth for like, oh, I'm going to marinate and lie longer. I'm going to gain their trust. Yeah, the the emergency meetings are really some of the focal point. I think like where the core like payoff for a lot of the game comes into play. It's like um, you can call meetings after a certain amount of time has passed, um, but it does show everyone who called the meeting. Um, or right. You can call a meeting if you find a corpse. Um, I think at any point, right? So, unless I think uh, you can shut down comms as a sabotage Mm -hmm. for imposters. Well, I think you might still be able to report bodies, but you can't call emergency meetings. One of the two, right? Yeah, the imposter has like a couple or multiple imposters have a couple different sabotage modes, lockdown doors. Uh, disable oxygen, which forces people to complete a few tasks or complete tasks at the same time. Um, and um, really, the the goal is that like one of these meetings, I guess we used to describe this from both sides perspectives, like as a crewmate, when one of these emergency meetings comes out, you're trying to ascertain who's actually telling the truth, like who's showing guilt, who was in that part of the ship. Like, no, we were all (laughs) on the opposite side of the ship. Two people went to this location. One of them is dead. We kind of know what's going on, right? Yeah, that's that's the worst. (laughs) You have to, like, try and blame somebody who was, like, everyone has an alibi for. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, shit. Do the deduction. Do Um, you have a preference of either side of it? At least for Among Us? I I think I like crewmate more than an imposter. Um and part of it's just like it's very difficult for me to I guess that's probably a non-standard answer but imposter is the more active role where you have to fabricate a reality which is fun in a way right you're trying to make a believable story about how you're not the murderer or when you are the murderer yeah or maybe if you're playing advanced mode you're trying to help cover for the other imposter which if you do that wrong, you guys like lose instantly, right? Um, but that being said, I kind of like the deduction on the crewmate side a little bit. Um, and I, I play overly aggressively, I think, as the imposter at times. 
So I'm just like, ah, crap. I just made like a rookie mistake something. Yeah, it's it's definitely easier when you have more people on your side. But if I'm a crewmate and then I get killed by an imposter, I'm like, man, if I had the power to kill people, though. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the imposter. I'm like, what do I do? And I panic. Yeah. yeah there's, there's a reason like in public games, if you're not playing with friends, a lot of times people leave right after they're killed. They're just like out rather than floating around as a corpse or a ghost. You can still complete your tasks and you really should because it's basically the only thing you can do besides talk to ghosts. Yeah. Um, but there's so much like I realize not everything relates to Dota, but I actually compare this game in some ways to Dota and like the core loop is so integral to the fun of it that the rest of it sort of doesn't matter, right? Like it has cosmetics, doesn't really matter. It's just these emergency meetings, trying to cover your tracks, creating plausible deniability. Like there's little that's more satisfying than diverting suspicion as the imposter. Like you're part of the in group as the imposter and people believe that, you know, you're, also trying to seek out the imposter that you you are um, you have an alibi for most of the the mission mm-hmm. it's like that core i think is really what makes what carries the game completely right like it could be a text-based game walking around in, in ascii art and it might not have taken off it might not have been discovered like this but the core would have still been there I agree with some of what you're saying, but I'm still big squint on the Dota comparison. I guess just because the loop is the thing that carries it, right? Dota heroes could come and go. There could be 28 heroes or whatever if there really needed to be. But the game would still be fun because the addictive get into a match, pick your items, make your lanes. Like there's so many decisions or like. ways it can play out within the game Mm -hmm. that the core loop carries it is what I'm trying to say. Well, I think that's kind of true. Just blanket for like instance based gaming. You're spinning up like a session of something. Right. Yeah. I suppose like really any good game has a core loop. (laughs) So I'm saying Dota specifically there is not a great uh, comparison. That's that's kind of where I was going from. Yeah, but but to your credit, like another example was something like Coup, mm-hmm. which again we used to play more so back in the day. But I haven't seen a physical body in years. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember Coup? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Coup, but I remember. Oh, it. Yeah. okay. We'll get into that in a sec. Um, but again, for any possible uninitiated people, Coup is a popular card game where everyone is dealt two cards. And each card has a role. And there's, I think, five or six different roles you can be where each different role has a different ability. But because of all the cards are face down, uh, when it goes from person to person, that person gets to choose an action to do. Mm-hmm. And they can choose an action for a role that they have, or they can lie. So it's up to other people to kind of determine when somebody's lying. Um, and if you call somebody out and they're telling the truth, you lose one of your roles and you're down to a player card versus two, uh, et cetera, et cetera. 
So really it's trying to accrue money to pay and kill people, which is like a global action. And it's trying to like bullshit your way through or maybe bait people into trying to call you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is the condensed comparing this with uh, Among Us, um, which is funny because one of them's a card game. The other one's like literally a video game, but the concepts are similar. Coup is concentrated BS like more than anything else. It's you trying to either convince people of the truth or a lie, but getting them to believe the opposite, which is like a portion and the most engaging portion of Among Us, right? Is like the person to person interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like that's probably, that's likely going to be true for most of the hidden role games is how do we determine who has the hidden role? Yeah. And like, and that is the core thing that attracts people to these, these types of games. And that's what I was trying to get at with like the core loop comparison is like this aspect of interacting with people, trying to get one over on them, um, convincing them of something is uh, basically the, the the core, the foundation this entire genre is built on. So you said you didn't like it before. Mm-hmm. Is there a specific reason? I think it's just like the same reason. It's the exact same reason that like I preferred not to play imposter, I guess. But like it wearies me <laughs> to continually try to, de- to deceive people. <laughs> like that does it. If I succeed, I kind of feel bad. So, like, there's one time I remember a particular game of Among Us where, like, I absolutely convinced my wife that I was not the imposter. Oh. (laughs) And then, like, ended up killing her at the end. And I was just like, oh, I just feel so bad. And, like, people were like, oh, my gosh. Like, cutthroat, you know. And, like, kind of, like, jokingly feel bad. But also, like, oh. I didn't need to, you know, if I'm in a position where like, I don't have to try to like lie to people, I feel better about it, I guess. I get that. I, though it is the core of this series of games, right? Like this entire yeah. episode is about this, this concept in some ways. I, I think for me, like, because for me, it's just like games with friends. Mm-hmm. I don't have anybody where if, for some reason I offended them like we would we'd be fine like three days later for the next game we play. Right. Maybe it's different for interpersonal relationships like that. Um but I I enjoy very much pulling the wool over somebody's eyes. Right. Like a a common fun play in coup is if you pretend to have an assassin. Mm-hmm. Because it only takes three coins to assassinate somebody, and you can stop assassination if you have the Contessa card. Yes. So let's say I'm going to assassinate you. You don't have a Contessa. Mm-hmm. You can A, say you have the Contessa and try and bluff. And then I have to try and call your bluff. Or you can be like, nah, he probably does have an assassin. I'm going to let it go through. Or you could challenge mm-hmm. even that I have an assassin. But anyway, the whole reason with the risk is, let's say I do have an assassin. You called bullshit somewhere along the way. My initial action still goes through where you lose a card. Mm-hmm. But then, because you were wrong about calling me out, you lose another card. So yeah. it's immediately somebody's out of the game in one single yeah. play. You only have two cards, right? So. Yeah, it's it's very much like a power move. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy for me to just slide three coins and be like, I'm assassinating. Like, you have an assassin? I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm assassinating. Mm-hmm. And like, keep a straight enough face to be like, 
I'm taking at least one of your cards. And you have the lower risk in that situation, right? Because oh, yeah, that's if, the other if you were lying too. about having the assassin, you lose one card at most. Whereas the other player, if they go all in on the lie, they could be out of the game. Yeah. And like, that's fun to do. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very much a, it does still change from game session to game session mm-hmm. outside of one or two common things where, uh, I'm the captain now is very much a common trend mm-hmm. where people the, be like, you can't steal from me. I'm the captain. I'm going to steal from you. <laughs> and also everybody's the Duke. Yes. Everybody's every, constantly, duke. constantly Duke. At least round one, every single person at the table is the Duke. And then later it's like, how many cards have you claimed that you are? The key That's is the thing, to though, right? start with lies and then approach the truth. I do think that is a good strat um, just because very early on, you don't want to risk losing something. You don't have enough information to go off of. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to call somebody out early. So if you're going to lie, it's pretty safe early. But also like later on, you can't be like, but three turns ago, you said you were this. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. that was three turns ago, right? Right. I was lying. You can only then, obviously <laughs> make a judgment call on the current turn action. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. I think like, if I were to compare these two games, I, I, I prefer Among Us to this because it has the the spatial component and more of people doing things and deduction. It's kind of like like the game of Clue in a way, the deduction part of it. You're just breaking down where people were when the murder occurred. Clue doesn't actually have gameplay mechanics like that, right? It's actually just checking off. This is true. This is not true. This is true. This is not true. But um, in Among Us, you're actually like, no, I did see you like go to shields. I'm pretty sure you entered that room. And then uh, you, when I entered the room, you weren't there. So I think you vented something like that. Right. Yeah. But and like that spatial, is, if you're saying fuzziness. that you need to have other people believe you. Yeah. Like that's, I feel the hardest thing. Cause usually if I play as a crewmate, I'm very gung ho. Like I'm getting my task done. I'm calling out all these bad people for their bad actions. <laughs> I'll be like, it was head them. On, they did it. Like, here's the information why. Mm-hmm. And then someone will be like, no, that, that was Dave who did that. And then they're like, yeah, it probably was Dave who did that. And like, mm-hmm. there was a night where I was playing with some people from another discord. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of that where just nobody would believe me. So I got very salty. And I said like, hey, uh, if you kill our friend Griffin, I'm not going to report it. Flat out. Like, if I'm the <laughs> imposter, if I'm not the imposter, I don't give a fuck if Griffin dies. Or anybody mm-hmm. else. I'm not reporting this, right? Uh-huh. Nobody will, will listen to me anyway. So, we get into the next game. Um, I come across a body and, like, another person right next to it. And I just look at them for, like, three seconds. And then I just leave. <laughs> and then I was, like, doing a task over somebody's body. I wasn't even talking in voice. But weirdly enough, like when it came, like somebody reported the body next to me being the only other person there. Uh-huh. They said, yeah, I don't think it was Dave. He sounds super pissed in the last, last conversation. So. <laughs> You've developed like a third role. Exactly. The, uh, the passive crew. The passive aggressive asshole who's like mm-hmm. just doing his own thing now. That's kind of funny. I think these systems, they are. You, you touched on this a little bit earlier, and I think this is going to be core throughout the game. Like the more the social component, the more susceptible there is. Um, th- there's 
more susceptibility to like griefing in a way or like boxing a player in. And really these games are intended that when you start a new round, you start it from the clean slate. You're not just like that guy was an a-hole. So I'm just going to go out of my way to kill him or accuse him or something like that. Like you need to let those grudges go. If you're going to like play the game for the maximum enjoyment of everyone involved. And without that, it can lead to destructive gameplay behavior. But there is certain things where, yes, it should be clean slate every time. But in the same way, like when we play Smash, Mm -hmm. I know a little bit about your play style and habits. Yeah, roll into stage. Yeah, always. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just just doing that tech chase grab. Gotcha. (laughs) Um, I will roll until I'm in center stage. I'll have a moment of pause where I don't know what to do. You roll, roll one direction, stage, you do three spot dodges, and then you charge an up smash for what feels like 20 <laughs> seconds. Uh, Sometimes it works. Yeah. Miss 100% of the shots. And or, um, <laughs> but like, if we're playing games with people, like you start to pick up, oh, like this is kind of how they play or what they would do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a nice evolution to it. Because like, let's say, again, you're starting out with Among Us for the first time ever. No one's ever played. Mm-hmm. And you're playing on a Thursday night at 6 p.m. Obviously, everyone's going to be fresh, but then they're going to like develop certain habits. Hmm. Maybe somebody always will kind of go and double back. Maybe you have somebody who likes to check cameras all the time, right? And it's like taking those AJ. pieces. Of, <laughs> yeah, it's taking those pieces of information and then kind of using that in the future going forward. Because if I know AJ is not an imposter and I'm an imposter, I might try and go kill him on cams first because I know he's right. going to be checking certain spots, mm-hmm. right? So I like. The evolution of those things, which, again, more so in Among Us than yeah. Coop really has the option to. It's almost kind of like, you, you know, those games where I guess this actually I don't have any examples on our list to talk about for asymmetrical gameplay, not hidden role, but like um, where you're like crewing a ship. There's a game. I can't remember the name of it um, where you're all in like a submarine and you're like exploring the depths of the sea and there's like these monstrosities you have to fight back and your ship can have like leaks and all of that but you have different roles you might have like a ship's doctor you might have like a gunner Mm -hmm. a captain all of that um and among us can kind of reach a minor stage of that where you're like behaviorally i expect that this person's always going to like rush to complete their task first this person's going to play defensively first here's the guy that's going to follow other people around and like that meta layer of knowledge comes into it as well. And I realize we're harping on Among Us a little bit, and you started to get off to talk about other things, and then I just like lassoed it the discussion and brought it back to Among Us, hogtied it, and put it on the rails. <laughs> but um, it's a lot of these games spread out from these concepts, so I don't know. They're interesting. Are there the any fight. hidden role games? Let's keep it as, are there any hidden role games where you like being a hidden role? Ooh, okay. Hmm. I have a follow-up if your answer is no. I think the answer is yes. So either, this is also not on the list. Oh, no, no. It's not a hidden role. That's asymmetrical only. I was going to say, for reference, the hidden, but that's not hidden role. Um, Deceit is one that I played a bit with a hidden role. Um, and it's been a long time, so I don't want to go into an extreme amount of detail, but everyone are like patients, basically. 
escaping from an experimental facility. And um, you can gather like weapons and supplies and gear. And there's a phase change where um, the lights go out. And when the lights go out, the um, hidden roles, the, the monsters basically can communicate with each other through voice chat where the survivors can't. Um, and they can just straight up murder the survivors like very rapidly. They also physically mutate. So you can't tell what their character model was when the lights were on. Mm-hmm. So if you have an encounter with a monster, but you don't see them, um, like if you have an encounter with a monster at nighttime and they run off, they could come back when the lights come back on as the person and you wouldn't know who they were when they were a monster. So usually the survivors try to group up. Um, they might try to like, they have to like flip switches to get the lights back on. Um, but there's, I remember there's some incentive to like split up a little bit, um, but it can get very brutal. Right. So the monsters are just like prep, try to like spread uh, contention among the survivors, get them not to trust each other. Lights go off and we murder everyone. Right. Um, and that's cool. Like I like the flip, uh, which is kind of not present in among us as much where it's like, once you're outed, you're always fully outed. outed pretty much. Exactly. Right. And you can be seen and not have it be over in that because people have to deduce that you were the monster even if you didn't look like your character model at the time. I never played Deceit. I remember hearing about it like two years ago, the one time you guys played. Yeah. But I saw a video, I think, from Mandalore Gaming. Mm -hmm. There was something called like Space Station 13. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that what I'm thinking of? Well, Seth and Mandalore both did that one, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm not thinking of the... uh, the top-down view i'm thinking of it's essentially like a 3d among us yes yeah yeah but you could be a hidden alien but it has like tech trees you can like build up for your character for like what type of imposter you want to be and there was different levels and layout it seemed really interesting for a more immersive version of that right it was like a shooter yeah Unfortunately, I'm going to try to find name, the name Jake's going to look it up. Oh, yeah. Um, but to follow up on that, did you like specifically the hidden role aspect? Because you had to like toggle back on to be like, no, I am good guy. Or is it more yeah. so the asymmetrical gameplay point of like, I'm the one with the power. It's just when I choose to wield it. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's because it doesn't require you to constantly... Among Us is stressful because you have to constantly be trying to cover your tracks. Did someone see me? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And this, like, it helps. But when the lights go out and you know that, like, the survivors aren't all together, um, you can kind of just play it like a shooter. Play it like an action game. And they can do the same. Like, they can try to shoot you. They can try to, like, take you out. But one, when it's an action game, you don't have to worry about it as much. Um, yeah, the, I kind of um, wish I had sorry. tried some of those for just like a little bit more context, because like the one you touched on, what was it, the hidden, which is like uh, a yeah mm-hmm. Half Life Two esque shooter. Yeah, I think it's like Source One or something like okay. that. Maybe Source Two. 
but from what I remember of that, like the hidden is literally an invisible character. Mm-hmm. Um, they have melee options to kill people. I forget if they could do anything else. I think they like they're they're fast, um, high damage. They had more mobility. I think they had some powers or something like that. Because I remember I you, think you're they playing had, like the hunter jump. Yeah, because yeah. they could definitely like, get up in events and then like jump down on people. Yeah, because the um. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I say, but as the survivors, you're just kind of grouping up together, and your goal is just to hunt down the hidden. Mm-hmm. So like, you can't really stay kind of grouped up together. You can even have multiple hiddens, I believe, if your party's big enough. Yeah. Uh, depending on how balanced you want it to be. But like they have like paintball guns to try and mark the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, they're just trying to look for like a shimmer or like a noise, anything. Yeah. Meanwhile, like the, the hidden is trying to like pick them off. And again, I was shit at both of these. But for some reason, it was that was a good example of it was very fun to play both sides equally to me hmm because i felt uh unskilled at both portions but each time i'm like okay i'm gonna try and do my best at this specific role whether it was hunting the hidden or hunting the humans yeah i think like you touched on it a little bit um but this is the combat portion that i sort of liked from deceit like the hidden is just combat it's not hidden role necessarily right <laughs> like there's yeah, an aberration you know that looks is. like yeah. <laughs> there's a, a dark templar on all fours and he's coming for you, basically. It's like what the hidden is. Um but uh like when you have that component, you don't have to worry about the deceit as much. You don't have to worry about the subterfuge to the same extent. You can just like play it like an action game. And that lets you take a break from the like social manipulation that is so core uh to the hidden role games right yeah it's more so with that i just remember fucking with people because like mm-hmm. we'd all be in voice together like you knew who the person was it was marked as like dave is playing as the hidden this round uh-huh. um yeah so you do things like hey aj and just like do like little quiet whispers and stuff to try and fuck with them or like right. you do in-game voice um but yeah it's very much more action combat and like skill based in that regard versus the manipulation skill yeah exactly um i think it's fun help that helps give you a little break um jake's usually doing social manipulation all the time occasionally (laughs) likes to kill people (laughs) right well you gotta break it up a little bit you know variety (laughs) is the spice of life um yeah i think so you we've talked about it a little bit these like monster type games um, there's another one I wanted to mention on this list, uh, which I have some feelings about, um, which was the Evolve. I knew Evolve was coming. Evolve because was in feelings. Happen. Yeah. So, like, Evolve is a, I think it was three player, maybe four player versus monster. Um, I also couldn't find the name of the game that Mandalore was talking about. I, like, started looking through it, couldn't find it. But Evolve is... Um, you play as like a trapper, a medic, um, and a like heavy. I'm trying to think if there was another role um, versus just a large Cthulhu-esque monster in some way. But one of them's like basically inspired by Godzilla. The other one is inspired by, you know, like a Lovecraft, like Cthulhu thing. 
and they added some more monsters to it. Um, but the gameplay is the monster starts first while the group, the hunters are uh, flying in and the monster can go off and consume local wildlife to gain essence and then evolve kind of like the Haka basically. Yeah. It sounds like a first person to Haka experience. (laughs) It's just a very large to Haka. Um, and the monster grows more, uh, physically dangerous as it evolves, gains new powers or increase improves its existing powers like flame breath or rock throw or, you know, like pounce or whatever. Um, and, uh, the hunters need to like follow its tracks, chase it down, uh, try to trap it in a large energy bubble mm-hmm. and, um, then kill it. And if the monster kills the hunters, then, it wins and if the hunters kill the monster then they win um and the complication is the monsters continually like getting stronger so it wants to not be found in the early stages of the game but at uh, stage three which is like the last form of evolution um the monster gets a new objective which is like destroy uh like military base or like containment field or something like that nearby and if it does that then the monster wins. That's a like secondary way for the monster to win. That's only available uh, in the end game. So it flips the tables and the hunters have to try to defend in that case. Okay. That, that makes sense. I think the reason it probably switches is it's like as monster evade death, but at some point, like let's say the monster is very maneuverable they need to kind of make the game end. So the monster needs to kind of go to a location and complete an objective, yeah. whether it's I'm ready to hunt down the humans or go to that base you're talking about. Exactly. So again, I'm going to ask you what your preference is. Did you enjoy being the monster more or enjoy being one of the humans? And if so, which role? Cause this is going to tie into another game that I feel like spawned this game. Right. Uh, so I'm actually fine with either of these because the game did a really good job of adding diversity like in the monster case you're the big bad monster like you're gonna have a fun time um unless you get absolutely stomped by a very coordinated group of humans um and in the the hunter's case there was different heroes for each role so there was like a medic who had better healing abilities but there was another medic very i can remember his name is lazarus because uh, he had the ability to revive people that died. Ooh. And he, he sacrificed a lot to get that, like as far as utility. And so you could kind of like pick different specialists in this role. And on your own, you couldn't like stand up against the monster at all. But like a tech could shield somebody else so that if they were getting wailed on by the monster, like they took very little damage or none mm-hmm. while they were shield- being shielded. And so they're all kind of like, they're like flies kind of buzzing around the monster, trying to do their roles to take it out. And it was fun in both cases. So again, I didn't really play this. I mm-hmm. feel like you guys picked it up for a week and like, should I pick it up? And you're like, ah, let's see. And then like the next week you're like, we stopped playing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really, I don't even think I had anybody else with this. And I, this is the reason that I have emotions about this is because like, I feel like this game should have done a lot better but it just kind of was difficult to 
get everybody into it. And it was one of the early games that was like a full 60 gigs before people had large hard drives. And now it's like a lot of games are really big. But this was one of the first. And it cost money at launch. It went free to play eventually called Evolve Stage 2. Um, but that's good that they refunded all the money to people who spent the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was they they needed to get the community, but unfortunately, it just never really got picked up to a large extent. Yeah, um, I think it's always hard to do online co-op stuff like that where you need to be a little bit more coordinated mm-hmm. and then find people. Yeah, because it makes more sense to be like, oh, we're going to go a squad of me and my three buds. And then the fifth who will be the monster, we don't need to know, obviously. Right. And some people did that. And if you were coordinated like that, like you would need to be really good as a monster to deal with an actual coordinated squad, um, especially in the early game where the monster's weak. With the exception of one monster, the Cthulhu-esque one, which uh, there's clips of it on YouTube. It was like so strong at launch that it would just, rather than getting any biomass at all, it would wait right outside the drop zone just like for the hunters to drop and then immediately kill them with a bunch of ranged attacks <laughs> and like had no reason to go out and become stronger because if you got them on the drop, you could kill them. And it was disgusting. That seems a little bit broken. <laughs> yes, it was 100% broken. Very much not the way the game was designed. <laughs> is the monster random or is it selected? Uh, you can pick what monster you want to be. You queue as monster, and if you get monster, you can choose what monster to play from the ones that you had unlocked. Yeah, then everyone would choose the one that's broken at launch. Mm-hmm. It was like a ranged one that was like a flyer and could call down lightning and did a bunch of scary stuff. Um, yeah, it sounds like an asshole. <laughs> it was it was kind of a pain. Um, then there's, I don't know. They were so they were so cool. They had variety in the monsters. They had like the Godzilla guy. They had that one I just mentioned. They had another one that was like a ghost sort of specter thing that could make like an apparition of itself to try to like distract the players while it cloaked and like went off somewhere else. Hey, hey guys, not not now. Guys, guys, <laughs> I'll show you this cool YouTube video. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jokes on you. I have immunity against watching YouTube videos that I'm like <laughs> plays 30 seconds of ad see this is why i didn't want to watch it <laughs> but so, i don't need sorry go ahead to interrupt briefly um what i was going to tangent off of with this is left for dead you remember that big asymmetrical asymmetrical oh, gameplay yeah, game? i've heard of that one yeah because this sounds like obviously there were the special infected for verses mm-hmm. but at some point for some mission somebody could become a tank and that was always the fun thing to be because you had a fuck ton of health you could go slap multiple survivors with like one Reinhardt left click or you could chuck rocks at people and it was like mm-hmm. super powerful. You just had to not be caught on fire, thankfully, hopefully. Um, so it's like a very fun thing to do, but it was kind of random when it would happen and if you would be the tank, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like they kind of went off of that idea with Evolve of, hey, it is fun to be like a really big, crazy monster versus just a special zombie. Oh, yeah. So they actually kind of fleshed out that idea. I'm going to I'm going to interject. We should talk about Left 4 Dead a little bit more. I know we I think we've had a dedicated episode on it, but we should mention the asymmetrical components at least. But the reason 
there's a little bit of justification for Evolve starting where it did and coming off of that Left 4 Dead concept. It's because the developer for Left 4 Dead was Turtle Rock Studio. The developer for Left 4 Dead 1 was Turtle Rock Studio. <laughs> was the developer for Evolve also Turtle Rock Studio? Oh, yeah. Isn't that, is that what I announced? Oh, that's what I meant I thought you said Left 4 Dead time. twice. Oh, I might have. But in case, and, that's and, actually funny in that case. I'll need but to yes, check it was the same. to see if I'm crazy. I'm like, and that thing you've already said. <laughs> yeah, but it was the same. It was the same company. So they just kind of expounded the idea of just tank gameplay. Yeah, it's. Again, I wish I had more experience with it because I very much did more of the Left 4 Dead side of it, where, I mean, everyone's played a first person shooter. So Left 4 Dead's not wildly different in that regard. Mm-hmm. But when it's like, hey, versus, you can be a special infected. I'm like, oh my God. I get to finally like, play the assholes who are like, killing me throughout the campaign. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can coordinate with a buddy who's a charger and I'll be a spitter and we'll take down a survivor and we'll use that survivor as bait to get other survivors. And it was fun to do this. I have a very special unique ability and then trying to coordinate versus playing pew pew mcgee oh yeah i think like because so like left for dead had asymmetrical gameplay that was like maybe not roughly even the humans were tankier than the specials the humans always had the advantage yeah because that was the, the design right yeah definitely mm. um but it was fun to just be on the flip side and maybe you could separate the humans because if the humans weren't coordinated, and if you could kind of get one alone, they were fucked. Because uh, there were lots of things you could do to just incapacitate somebody. If you're mm-hmm. jumped by a hunter and nobody else is around, okay, you're down. Nobody can like really stop that. And then other zombies would kind of like kick you to death, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So it was fun just trying to work around the limits of they have guns and they're going to want to try and protect each other. <laughs> right line of sight this guy's broken off from the rest yeah i like that it's the combat focused asymmetrical gameplay and then you have the tank for like climax moments basically music kicks in Kill the tank! someone calls over voice line that they uh they hear a tank and uh everything gets really crazy like Man, I wish Evolve did well. I looked it up to see when it it closed, and it was um it was shut down for PC in 2018. So I was thinking about it. I was like, no, I'm talking about it. Like maybe I could get a group, you know, four people, five people together. But no, you can't. You can't. It's it's harder to find the groups of people for that. Even in Left 4 Dead, um, if you and that one's still up, you can play that one still. For like. If you weren't super coordinated, regardless of which team you were on, you just get kicked. Because the community is people who've been diehard playing it since it was a thing. And anybody who's not a part of that group is just like, yeah, go fuck yourself, noob. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's harder to just hop in something randomly on your own. They become competitive, right? Which I think like any game where you can compete inevitably at some point becomes competitive to a certain extent. Depending on the group you're playing with. And if they're casuals. <laughs> yeah, it's it feels good to 
stomp if you're winning and with friends. Mm-hmm. It always feels good to win. Unless like they pose no challenge at all. Right. We're, we're tangenting a little bit. Uh, right. Pose a challenge is the takeaway from this episode. Try harder. <laughs> try, try, do, do your best. How did you feel about some of these other asymmetrical games on the list like Crawl? Crawl's an interesting one. I, I didn't play Crawl really like the trailer for it. Um, but it's because the tra- the reviews on Steam didn't look super, super great when it came out. And also, like, you started this, I think. There was this phase where, like, um, you were picking up, like, couch co-op games. And then, like, I was like, man, this is such a good idea. And I went out, like, I bought some, like, Xbox controllers. I got, like, a bunch of wireless Xbox controllers and Steam Link and stuff like that. I was like, I am ready for asymmetrical game, Or not asymmetrical, but couch co-op gameplay or couch games. Never invited anyone over. They're there <laughs> gathering dust. But Crawl is a game that fits into that space. Like you have, I think, up to four people playing as ghosts that can possess monsters and traps to attack the player who's going through a um, like a roguelike dungeon to escape with the um, special perk, basically, that if you kill the player, if you get the last hit on the player, that you possess them you use your own gear to progress um, and pe- can begin progressing as the hero trying to escape. Yeah. So like you can start out as I'm the guy and mm. then you get killed and now you're like, fuck, I got to try and beat the guy again. Yeah. I want to be the guy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, like you can see where the ghosts are going on screen. Um, but it's just, I mean, we only played it for, I think, a couple hours, like myself, Mike, and Annie. And mm-hmm. it's a fun idea. It just didn't really take off too much. Didn't hold. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if we had more people who were on board and very gung-ho about it, it would have gone further. Mm-hmm. But it was just very fast-paced and dynamic because we didn't play enough to be like, oh, we know what this does and that does. Right, the it's always like trying out meta. things of what can I possess? A chair? Maybe he'll trip over it and break, break his <laughs> knees. Um, <laughs> but it was cool because it was like it could always shift. Yeah, It wasn't it's this team versus this team. Right. Because you're only co- cooperating until you be, one of you becomes the guy and then you're it's a free for all you know, or it's you versus everyone else again. Yeah, it's the work together until we don't have to anymore. Yeah. Which is an aspect we really haven't, like, discussed. Um, An asymmetrical gameplay, but, like, a rotating antagonist. Um, Which is kind of like a, I guess, like, King of the Hill sort of mode. We call it Play of the Month, but yeah, go, go ahead. Right. Like even I think I think and correct me if I'm wrong, but like Halo had modes like this where um, there'd be like a super item or a weapon that if one person had it, they were the the target for everyone else who was trying to obtain that weapon or item. Uh, I didn't play a lot of Halo, uh, but I think that was a thing. I know for Juggernaut, whoever the Juggernaut was mm-hmm. had an overshield. And I don't remember if they had to have an oddball or if they were just 
beefier and better overall. Right. I think you, you just, just kind of toggle what the options were. Gotcha. But it was very much a here's the stronger person to kill. If you kill that person, you become that person. Yeah. It's like you want to coordinate together, but if you become the juggernaut uh, just after your shields are broken, you're next to like two other guys, you're going to get shotgun in the face. Mm-hmm. So like having a sniper or being far away from somebody or having a rocket launcher. Because you're still coordinating, but you're kind of banking on if I get this, I right. want to continue to stay as this. Exactly. I actually have like a similar one I actually do know about that's not on this list and no one will have played this game. If you have played this game, reach out to me and I'll give you brownie points. But a 2D shooter called Soldat, which is like free and I played it like 15 years ago or something. Um, or it's basically literally just a platformer, but it's a shooter. It had captured the flag, had a bunch of different modes. One of them was uh, Rambo, where there was a bow you could find and it like gave you a ton of health. Um, it was like a rapid fire instant kill bow. And whoever had Rambo's bow uh, was versus everyone else on the map. And if you could kill him, he would drop the bow. You could run, pick it up, and become Rambo with a bunch of health. And it's fun. I like I like those modes. So it's like a a rotating objective. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, rotating antagonist. But yeah, it's it adds for more diverse gameplay modes versus just I'm gonna kill the people who don't look like me. Yeah. AKA war simulation. Um, <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> I mean, historically. Um, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right, but oof. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a, there's a few other on the list I wanted to mention at least. Uh, Natural Selection 2 played briefly. I think AJ might have also played this one because um, I remember talking about it at one point. Uh, basically, like Marines versus... This is like a team shooter but with asymmetrical teams. One of them is like the alien team. The other team is Marines. There's like a commander for both sides trying to like manage people where expansions go in, building structures, capturing resources. Um, and uh, it was really cool. The concept for it's like awesome. It's just the type of game that required too much. Like you talked about how the community for some of these games can become competitive, develop their strats. And if you're not on the same footing, it's hard to get into. Yeah. This is the, like of all the games we've discussed, this falls into that the most because if like you jump in a game and you accidentally take like commander seat, people are going to rip into you. If you have no idea what you're doing, right? Like you have to already know how to play the game before you launch the game in a way, if you're actually even going to stand a chance. $7 an hour with like a master's degree. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right. Damn. Um, but you also, you, I, I see you put, uh, we were here, here. Is this asymmetrical? Yeah. So I think we talked about it once. It definitely wasn't full episode worthy because it's a mm-hmm. fairly short game. And there are, there are multiple, which we haven't really checked out. I think we just checked out the first one. Right. But it was a free one, right? Like here's the, it the sampler. Free or cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in every situation we were in, Jake and I were separated. Mm -hmm. Uh, Usually we'd kind of have to relay information to the other person who had to solve the puzzle. So there's like a lot of communicating that had to go on to Mm -hmm. be like, 
I'm describing what I'm seeing over here. What are you seeing over there? Right. And trying to figure it out that way. This is kind of similar to keep talking and nobody explodes mm-hmm. where one person has the game manual and is explaining the rules of what they know, but everyone else doesn't see the game manual has to kind of retain that in memory and work right. together to be like, I need to work on this thing. Okay. We need to work on this thing. Yeah. So it's kind That's of cool. like that imbalance of directions and following directions. Right. Someone else has the GPS in the car. Um, that we call I, that person the passenger. They hold sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> they balance cups between their legs, uh, and they tell me where the fuck I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the passengers in life. Um, yeah, I think this is this is a this is an interesting one because as I was reading this, I was like, is this game really asymmetrical? But you're right. I think like because one person has information that the other person doesn't. Like. This is a cooperative puzzle solving type genre where you're letting someone else guide you remotely. Um, and I find these fun. Those types of games are the, the, they're just fun. You know, it forces you to be engaged and to pay attention to what people are saying, which um, podcast listeners, I think, are really capable at and uh, do a pretty good job there. Um if you'd like to award Jake Brownie points, you can do so. <laughs> <laughs> right. My Patreon. Um, but uh, no, I, I really like these. And I think this does fall under, you know, the category of asymmetrical. Um, there's several more games in the series. I'd be, I'd be interested in kind of continuing to play through those. Um, it reminds me, this is This is such a tonal shift, but um uh, just having like one person kind of in control where the other person is very much less of the modern warfare Two. more people will probably be familiar with this. I think it's modern warfare Two AC one thirty co-op mission, um, which I assume you played. I hope because if not, we got to install the game. Uh, if I did, it would have been a long time ago. A lot of my Xbox days would have been throughout college. Uh-huh. So Remember just doing a lot of multiplayer, but it could have come up, but I don't, I don't recall specifically. So, and I think it was Modern Warfare 2. It might have been COD 4, but um, there's a spec ops mode where for the most part, you were two people on the ground with weapons working together. If either of you died, you lose. Um, trying to clear out an objective, cover each other, get through it. That was fine. They were all fun. Um, and they continued this mode, I think, through the series. But in particular, there was a mission where one person was on the ground trying to extract from an area and another person was in overwatch in AC 130 <laughs> uh, using either a white hot or black hot vision to track this guy on the ground and clear out like tons of super dangerous enemies that were trying to kill him from all directions. And guess which of those two roles in this asymmetric scenario was more fun the gunner (laughs) the the, the gunner had a lot of fun with it but i totally recommend this um to people who like co-op gameplay segments because even though it's like this tiny little segment it's such a power trip to be in the ac-130 which was the point right um i feel like a lot of the asymmetric things are kind of for the power trip mm -hmm. like if you look at things like dead by daylight 
you get to be the big bad monster and you get to kind of customize your play style. But again, you're working against a group of people. So sometimes it'll be balanced that way where it's a one versus many situation. Mm -hmm. But it's fun to kind of switch between the two. Yeah. Like a more dynamic rotating one would be like Titanfall, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, hey, I'm in the big mech, but I'm slow. But if I land a hit on somebody, they're probably dead. (laughs) <laughs> or you could be like super fast and you have a lot more options for mobility and incapacitating a giant mech who maybe yeah. doesn't even see you because you're small running around like a pilot or as a pilot. I mean, maybe you steal their mech. I don't know. Oof. You know, like <laughs> I don't think you can do that in Titanfall. That would be funny though. <laughs> Cause I'll the Titans are like in a Halo AI, too. right? <laughs> you grab the Banshee, you kick them out and then you shoot them. Yeah asymmetrical gameplay one guy's in a vehicle the other guy's not (laughs) it checks out um uh, the implications for titanfall are kind of funny because like the pilot the 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 titan is an ai (laughs) so if you like jacked it it's just like what do you what do you do i i think you literally can't even interface i think their suit are like linked to the titan so you can't but yeah you just die (laughs) you explode in the cockpit (laughs) oh man I guess random shout out, but uh, if you listen to this, the day it came out, there's like one or two more days of a free Titanfall weekend. So have fun, I guess. It's like a 80 gigabyte install. So go you, fast. You'll, shop, you'll shop. install go. it today. <laughs> Tomorrow you can play for two hours. It's going through like May 3rd or something. But um, yeah. So I think we've, we've covered a lot. Yeah. Wh- diverse where do you experiences. fall on this overall? It sounds like you definitely prefer being the overpowered. I think like, yeah, it it depends on the social aspect and whether I have to be deceptive or not about the um, playing the monster or not. I'm actually perfectly fine being the part of the the squad, I think, significantly more. Because traditionally people want to be the imposter. They want to be the monster. A lot of people are queuing into that role. I'm fine. I'm fine not. Where do you land on that? Uh, I definitely like being the overpowered, mm-hmm. but if it's a solo overpowered, uh, that gets it gets to me really quickly. Because I'm like, I feel so alone, yeah, and right. it stresses me out because I have to combat multiple people. Uh huh. Um, Why are my friends ganging up on me? You know? Yeah, <laughs> right. I'd rather be like, let's gang up on him, guys. Uh huh. But also, I I do like to switch to the underpowered or the coordinated team effort just so I can be like okay, if I was them, these are the strats I would use. So next time yeah. I am the big bad asshole, I'll be like, they're going to try and group up here. Bam. Mm-hmm. Something. I like the evolving meta game in between those types of sessions. You're That's developing strats, learning how people play to then use it against them. It's true. That's probably why these games will. Con- I was gonna say that's a shame because the server shut down in 2018, but that was just a you know callback joke. Um, I think these games are gonna gonna stick around. I mean, it was the obviously the genre explosion with Among Us and some other games kind of in that space, but um, the sort of part of this would be the pandemic, right? People were stuck inside. We needed to interact with each other. We needed to reach out and touch someone and stab them through the back, but. Um, that's you know i think it's going to continue beyond that because uh they're good pick up and play 
sort of games and it keeps people social and hopefully we can get some of the games on this list into the next land party come on guys gotta play more than just golf <laughs> i never play golf though so i don't know i always play golf <laughs> i think most people play golf <laughs> but yeah so that's asymmetrical games any uh any takeaway for asymmetrical life advice um if parts of your body are not evenly sized with the other parts of your body, that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. That'll be your own asymmetrical gameplay, you know? Yeah. We're all going through life in our own asymmetrical way. So keep on keeping on. If you would like to keep on with uh, sending us feedback on the podcast or ideas for future episodes, you're like that uh, last episode interfered with my inner symmetry. You can send that feedback into us at our Gmail at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com, or you could join the discussion on Facebook where Dave will read your comments and tell me about them at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good time of day. Mm